Check! Welcome to Requiem for a Tuesday, America's most trusted source on the Israeli conflict. (laughs) What's up? This is Adam Pecora. How's it going? Um, I have no information on the Israel-Hamas conflict. Uh, <laughs> nor should anybody else, for that matter. That's how I'd like to open this up. How do so many people have opinions on this? What the fuck are you people talking about? <laughs> if you're going to try to act like you have any info up until this whole thing started, you're a liar. You were not keeping up with whatever was going on over there. You don't know which side to be on, and neither do I, and that's all right. Uh, Just the fact that every topic is just treated as, a well, this is what's trending, so every person needs to comment on it is absurd. Nobody should comment on it, and that's it. Move on. You know what I mean? <laughs> why Why are we pretending to have a say in this? Here's what I wonder. You know, if it's a Monday morning, outside of this tragic war situation, do you think there's people in Israel being like, did you see Taylor Swift was at the Chiefs game last night? <laughs> like... No, I don't see the correlation there either, Adam, but that's all right. The point is, mind your business. That's all I'm saying. You know, I'm sure there are, you know, people in other countries who just go, well, why don't they just stop giving the guns to people? Or why don't they stop putting poison in the food and then people won't get fat and sick? All of those things would be valid things from the outside. It doesn't mean it's that simple. It probably is that simple. Point is, no Canadians telling me how to live. So who are we? I mean, I know who we are. We're the best. Point is, individuals, not the best. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Anytime the internet becomes not fun, I'm upset. Let's have fun. Why are you arguing about this? Especially when Kanye's about to drop? <laughs> are you guys fucking crazy? You're talking about Jews when Kanye's about to drop? Are you out of your fucking mind right now? <laughs> anyway, rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday, please. Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're on it, give it a listen. YouTube, we got one. I make music. Wolf X, Multiplex with Justice, Justice Makes Stuff, all linked in the description below. You can get the merch at rfat.bitcartel.com. You can follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. There will be no Israel talk when you follow. I hope. Once again, all linked in the description below. Please check out any and all of this stuff. As I mentioned last week, numbers are up. Looking great. Thanks to everybody 
for checking out the show, sharing, doing whatever you're doing. It's working. Keep it up. Love to see it. So thanks to everybody for subscribing and listening and all that jazz. Spread the word so I can scream at more people. That's the goal. <laughs> Listen. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, I didn't watch Tomorrowland still. Maybe that'll happen this week. I'm going to I think I'm just going to stop saying what might be coming unless I definitely know for sure that I am going to watch it. Which you know, you might think that I should have been doing that the entire time. You may be right. I may be crazy. But it just may be a lunatic you're looking for. That felt good. That felt good. <laughs> I don't feel any shame for that. Um, But yeah, so that might come. Tried to watch The Thing. That's right, still haven't seen The Thing. I'm way behind on my John Carpenter viewing experiences. And uh, I fell asleep. I have this very interesting pattern where I don't think of anything that I could maybe want to watch until it's already past about 8, 30, 9 o'clock and I've already had a drink or two and I've been smoking for about four hours. So I can make it about 15 to 20 minutes into any given movie and then I miss it. Uh... This may be another point where you might say, hey, why don't you start one again? I know. I just told you the problem. I'm working on it. Okay? It just, uh, it you know, doesn't work out. It's hard to just dive right into stuff at 6.30. I don't know why, but it is. So, can you believe I haven't seen the thing? Me either. And I still haven't. That's the problem. I will say what I saw wasn't blowing me away, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, you know, I like Kurt Russell just fine. So it should work out. Should work out. But what did I finally see? That's the real question. Imagine a podcast talking about things I didn't watch. I could do that too, frankly, but not today. That's a more desperate measure episode. Look, we're going to go a little more musically inclined this week. I don't usually do that because I find it difficult and laborious. But alas, here we are, destined for this moment. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, but I just wanted to give a huge shout-out to Animal Collective. My favorite band of all time. Top five artist of all time. I really hold my top five near and dear. I try not to rank numerically within them. Anyway. Their new record is incredible. Uh, I would say, for sure, their best music in a decade, easily. 
Uh, I got into Animal Collective early high school, just after Meriwether Post Pavilion. Pro- I mean, definitely their most well-known record, probably their most critically well-received as well. Uh, so I got in right after that. So, you know, a lot of people in their fan base and not in their fan base. I don't know how many people are aware of this band that would be listening to this show. That's the other problem. I don't know how to gauge this type of thing. You know, whereas every movie, you know, you had a chance to see it. There's a lot of music out there, regardless. Best album in 10 years. I loved that album 10 years ago. A lot of people did not, but that's because of the context of the prior record. Um, I even felt that the follow-up painting with was great. Could have been an age thing. Now, great Again, compared to their discography, I fully acknowledge that that's way at the bottom of the rankings. But I still think it's good and interesting and unique, and it was unique for a lot of reasons. We don't really need to get into all that. Um, But, you know, it definitely just had weaker material on it, like I said. And it kind of got into a thing where it's like, what are they even talking about? You know, a lot of their lyrics were very abstract, but personal clearly and filled with a lot of emotion and a lot of the songs on painting with you could say are just nonsense there's some good lyrics on there there's some good songs on there um but either way there's clearly just a a drop off from there and then the rebound record from that was time skiffs but there's something on that where i just really didn't connect to it at all it just felt like they were trying to do animal collective almost it was kind of like i don't know it just felt inauthentic and there's like a cartoonishness for lack of a better word to all of the music where it's like yeah they kind of got back to some of the things they were known for just in there being like ambient long intro interweaving things happening uh a little more dynamic song structures that kind of break the mold but even still i don't know it was just odd to me just didn't click and like i couldn't i wouldn't tell you that it's not quality or not well done just didn't work for me um here there's a quote that really summed it up well to me uh but unfortunately i lost it so that was useless pointing out anyway It was then revealed to me, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't plugged in um, at the time because Time Skiffs came out kind of during COVID. But essentially, they so Animal Collective unconventionally writes their music as they tour and then they don't tour it once it's out. Anyway, they had about two records worth of stuff. COVID that they were going to record, COVID hits they have to record just a section of stuff that they're able to record remotely. All of those songs end up being the full album time skiffs. Now, the new album, isn't it now, is basically all of the songs that they needed to be in person together to record for whatever reason, whatever dynamic of the song requires it. Um, and all of these are better. And there's a chance that maybe the full album would have been like 
two or three songs from Time Skiffs plus all this, and it would have just been a little longer. And the rest of it would have gotten cut. Maybe the rest of it would have been on an EP. Who knows? Maybe it would have been two albums no matter what. Uh, the point is, once all of that became clear, all of it made a lot of sense to me. Because the new record sounds... It sounds like them again. Uh, it sounds genuine. And... It sounds authentic, which to me was everything that felt wrong about Time's Gifts. Now, maybe the remote recording was all that had to do with that. I don't really know. The point is, this is a true return to form. Um, It's almost like if this came out right after Centipede Hurts, like, in my mind, they would still be on, like, an absolutely perfect role. Um... Regardless, just blown away by these tracks, um, especially, especially, especially Magicians from Baltimore. To me, that is like instantly a top 10 song for them. There's like 70s prog rock shit in there. And then it just completely keeps changing and transforming the entire time. But like literally just in sound, like there's a there's a part where there's like a snare fill and then the guitar hits and it's like I'm fucking listening to Sabbath or something or Pink Floyd or whatever. Incredible stuff. Uh, there's a 20, that is a 10 minute song, then followed by a 24 minute song. And there's interesting things happening throughout. And does it necessarily all work and cohesive to where it's a great, great record top to bottom like they were always doing for so long? Look, people hit a creative peak for a reason. This is ama- amazing, magical stuff. Like this is a full rotation. Like this record is in full rotation if you're talking Animal Collective, whereas, you know, the last few projects, not they've only had like a couple of full albums. They do some odd things, obviously, if you know them, if you don't, um, where there's like scores or long EPs or this is a uh, like Tangerine Reef is like a soundtrack to a visual thing, but you can listen to just the audio regardless. In terms of all of their projects that have happened in the last decade. I mean, this is truly like the first special one in a long time after a decade of all special stuff, basically. So not to diminish anything um, and a lot of special moments here and there, but this is truly a like next level shit. Holy fuck. Right now it is my album of the year. Sorry, Sufjan, but you're right there, Sufjan. But Okay. Had to get that out. Next up, um, a band that wouldn't surprise me if they heavily influenced, or at least were part of it. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Finally got to see Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads, Jonathan Demi-directed concert film from what, like 84, 85, something like that. I could be way off on that. might be a couple years later. Doesn't matter. Reissued by A24, Restored. Into 4K, um, you know, I would call myself a even loosely a casual Talking Heads fan. Um, you know, everybody loves Remain in Light, considered one of the greatest albums of all time. So by default, had to check it out. How could you not? And that record is unbelievable. But again. This is not a band that I would say that I listen to very regularly. 
Um, I really only know the first four albums and really only remain in light and speaking in tongues. Excuse me, the first five albums then, duh. But really just those two. Um, Fear of Music, I would say, in the middle there, I know the least out of those first five. But either way. Um, and also, this is all I knew about the film itself. It's the greatest concert film ever made. And he wears a big suit. And those are the only two pieces of information anyone has ever given me about that. Despite even when I asked, like, why is it the greatest? It just is. You know, there's never there was never really a clear answer. And here's the thing. Having not seen many concert films, this is the greatest one ever made. What the fuck? Why isn't everybody seeing this thing? There literally the there's better versions of the songs in it even. I mean, the version of Psycho Killer to open the movie I mean, the visuals add a lot, don't get me wrong, but it's just less, it's just more smooth and free. I feel like he really pronounces every word really strongly in the, in the, you know, the studio version. Anyway, not the point. Every, the thought that was put into this is unbelievable. So it all starts. David Byrne comes out by himself. Uh, he pretends to play a tape recorder for his backbeat. Anyway. At the end of the song, he's then joined by the bassist. At the end of that song, they are then joined by the... Well, he plays, like, synth guitar and whatever. Another guy comes out. Then you get the idea. As each song ends, the band keeps getting built. It'll go dark. Stagehands will rush fucking wheeled risers out with everything fully, you know, set up and ready to go, obviously. And the band just keeps building. The backdrop keeps changing. There's fucking projections that get added on and then taken off. And then curtains come down and go away. And there's a set and then there isn't. And all of that just keeps building and morphing as it goes. Uh, People keep changing what instruments they're playing. There's choreographed dancing kind of just between David Byrne and backup singers. Really just... Either way, an unbelievable show, like no matter what. I don't know if they were doing all of this for an entire tour. I didn't read too much into it. Or if, you know, just them being joined was part of just the filming thing. I don't know how much of this was, you know, a normal quote unquote part of the show. Regardless, Um, The energy that they brought is unrivaled in almost any performance that I've ever seen, regardless on screen or in person. And in person, obviously, you feel a lot more energy than watching. And I felt I was like, what the fuck? This is what a show is supposed to be like. (laughs) I've been getting ripped off my entire fucking life. I mean, David Byrne spends the entire first half hour running. He's either running in place or at one point he just does laps around the entire fucking stage. I I don't. Just I'm impressed. (laughs) I don't know how you could even keep up. Meanwhile, singing. At the top of his lungs the entire time also 
with more energy. Like, just energy. Just pure, raw energy. And the placements they chose for the camera. Um, the subtle amounts that the band interacts with the camera. But the general cinematography and editing is just remarkable. Um, it, I don't know how else to say it. It looks like a movie. Like, it looks like they... Which they did, I get, but it's hard to explain. It looks like they scripted this concert. Like, if that makes any sense, I don't know how else to word it. Like, they did choreograph the thing and they knew they were going to be filmed and all of that. But I'm just saying it seems like this was cultivated as a movie. And they're like, what if as an experimental movie, the narrative of the movie was just, it's a concert. If I'm sure that I'm sure that I can't communicate this properly, so I hope that you understand what I mean. Um, but it just blew my fucking mind, and all the performances were amazing. Of course, they play like all of their best songs, and with more band members than you could ever really. You know what I mean? More members than the band itself, so there's extra instrumentation, which I'm sure was just, you know, overdubbed in the recording anyway, so it's, you know what I mean. Point being, though, the full experience of every song is there, plus extra singers, uh, just magic. It's really just magic. And the big suit, not really that much a part of it, frankly. Um, But there's even some costume change stuff, the... Again, just the interactions at all the right times. It seems like the camera is working with the performers and vice versa to where all of it is happening at the right time. It seems like they know which camera to perform to at any given time. But it also seems like the audience is completely engaged. There's not a lot of crowd shots, which I love. It just makes it seem that much more conceptual the performance itself. Um, and when they do choose to show the crowd, like again, it's just always the right choice. Everything about the edit is just phenomenal. Um, I would call it a great movie. That's what I'm, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. You don't need the concert movie. It's not the greatest movie ever made. That's why you need the concert movie part. But if you're just trying to ask me like, how fucking good is this as a movie? I would say great. Which is, inexplicable because again just a casual fan um i may find myself listening to the soundtrack of this instead of their albums at this point just because of how much i fucking enjoyed the movie itself so go see it it might not be out for very much longer fuck taylor swift's concert film i'm sorry But also, by the way, everyone who's ever done like a big tour ever, why have you not just released this to cap it off? Be like, oh, didn't get a ticket in your city? Go see the movie for less money. Seems like a no brainer. If the Yeezus tour would have been filmed. Greatest concert film of all time? Question mark. Key sass. Key sass. Fa, 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 fa. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, go see it. Stop making sense. Shout out to David Byrne. That guy, boy, he just really is that talented, isn't he? 
You know, you just want people to be like, what's the hype about? Is that for real? And it's like, yeah, they're talking heads. David Byrne kind of just one of those undeniable. Everybody says shit compliments about them endlessly for a reason. It's just all true. It's just all true. You know. Like when I put on Remain in Light for the first time, I still remember being like, okay. This this is definitely at a level that it's being discussed at, you know? Same right when I saw the movie, I was like, "Oh, okay, everybody was right." Like there was never never a doubt. I mean, there was a doubt for me, but you know what I mean? Once it once it started, I was like, "Oh, I okay, I see." Uh, so rest in peace, Jonathan Demme. I don't know. I don't know what happened, frankly. But I'm sure... Uh, I'm not sure. Either way, I just said I'm not sure. I was going to say I'm sure you could probably still be alive. <laughs> so that's why rest... Either way, rest in peace. And um, congrats. This was great. <laughs> but yeah. Go go watch it. Also, shout out to the new Earl Alchemist record. Also, shout out to the new Sufjan record. Sufjan's not a top fiver. Earl's a top fiver. Talked about my coveted top five, but Sufjan's probably a top tenner. But I haven't thought that much through. You want to know my cringe top five? All right, I'll tell you. But everybody thinks that everybody else's music taste sucks. So yours is worse, and it doesn't matter to me. Not in any particular order. Kanye West, Animal Collective, Death Grips, brand new Earl Sweatshirt. There we go. That's the list. Probably won't change. Hasn't changed in a long time. So that's where we're at. But there's a there's a there's a long list of right outside the top five that matter a lot. You know, I'll throw L C D in there, Sufjan in there. There's a couple. So Nobody cared about that. Nobody asked for that. And that's why I don't like talking about music. Because I'm just going to be like, yeah, well, I like this. And I like that. And I like that. And that's not fun. However, I have been talking for years about doing uh, the bad album reviews. Where you intentionally listen to a terrible record. And then there's opportunity. I just really don't want to put myself through that, you know? At least a bad movie could have, you know what I mean? Like, there's good, bad movies, there's bad, good movies. Bad music's just bad. It's tough. It's tough. Um, Speeding Bullet to Heaven is always the goal one, though, so maybe, again, here I go, saying maybe I'll do something. I probably won't do it, so don't trust me ever. (laughs) Except with your life and your bank account. Send me your checking and routing information. Rfatpodcast at gmail.com. And I'll just keep it safe for you. Um, what? No, but what I can say, actually, is Killers of the Flower Moon, baby, this weekend, you better strap your fucking cum boxers on because you're going to be jizzing all up in there multiple times uh (laughs) i haven't been this hype for a film quite a while ladies and gentlemen fired up 
get to spend four hours at the movies. I'm going to bring snacks to the nines. Ooh, maybe some edibles as well. Anyway, (laughs) that will probably take up a large chunk of next week's episode. If I fail to see this movie by next week's episode, then I have failed as a person, frankly. (laughs) Uh, But there probably won't even be an episode because what I'm going to do that day instead is go see that fucking movie, okay? It'll happen. Mark my words. So tune in next week for the Killers of the Flower Moon and maybe something else episode. Depending on just how intense the thoughts are. But I am hype, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, So thanks for tuning in once again. This is Requiem for a Tuesday. I am Adam Pecora. Please rate, review, and subscribe and share this podcast. Uh, Wherever you listen, on whatever platforms you share stuff to, to whoever you like, or even people you don't like, because numbers don't lie, ladies and gentlemen, and I would like some bigger ones. Uh, Check out the merch at rfat.bigcartel.com. Follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. That's R-F-A-T. And uh, check out the music, Multiplex. Wolf X, streaming everywhere, Bandcamp, if that's your thing. Uh, everything is linked in the description. So check out all those links. We got lots and lots and lots and lots of hours of goodies for y'all to snack on. And remember, I are fat, you are fat we are fat calculator ladies and gentlemen <laughs>